Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food. This episode is brought to you by my preconception lifestyle checklist for him and for her, which you can download for free. Uh, I will leave the link in the show notes for you, or you could head to thedietologist.com.au forward slash freebies. Now today I'm talking about a topic that I feel like I should have a trigger warning for, which is miscarriage and pregnancy loss. Um, This topic's really tricky to navigate and if it feels too raw or relevant to you right now, then uh, here's your opportunity to um, hit pause and maybe come back to it when you're ready. There are excellent resources available at the Pink Elephant Support Network and also Bears of Hope. Uh, I will leave both those linked in the show notes below. But now I thought we'd start with some statistics. One in four confirmed pregnancies end in miscarriage. This statistic also increases with age of us women. And more than 50% of women suffer alone, so they're not talking about Uh, their losses, and not getting the support that they really need, which is critical during such a potentially emotionally devastating time. Now, I want to talk about the questions that I get asked as a dietitian about food and nutrition in miscarriage, but I absolutely just wanted to preface this episode with miscarriage is not your fault. And the majority of losses about 50% in fact, occur due to genetic abnormalities, which occur randomly or may be inherited. It is always, always, always best to chat to your healthcare professional, whether that be your GP, your OBGYN, your fertility specialist, if you have concerns about miscarriage, about your personal circumstances. That, That cannot be stressed enough. But what I want to talk about today is about miscarriage prevention. I see so many women who want to try again and grow or start their family and they are absolutely crippled by fear or anxiety that this would happen again. And whilst we can't change our genetics that we may be passing on, We can control some elements of our lifestyle, which may play a small role in helping to prevent miscarriage. Again, it's not the be all and end all. I just want to provide some resources because it's not talked about and give you some tools to hopefully implement some positive changes so you feel like you're doing something differently the next time around. So today I'm going to be discussing the variety of lifestyle factors, including nutrition, that can help potentially with miscarriage prevention. There are 11 things that I will be discussing today. 
First one is omega-3 fatty acids. Now these are my beloved long-chain fatty acids found in oily fish like salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines, and to a lesser degree tuna. And the reason why these are potentially important for miscarriage prevention is because as we age, there is more inflammation that surrounds the fluid that in the sac that encapsulates the egg. So we have evidence that there's more inflammatory markers and and also DNA damage as we get older, which is correlated to that increased risk of miscarriage as we do age. Now, omega-3 fatty acids, as we know, can help with combating inflammation to a degree, especially surrounding egg health. So this is one of the key nutrients and food groups that I do focus on in those who've had a history of miscarriage. And it's one that I just focus on in general when it comes to fertility. So getting that oily fish into your week is critical. The next one is a healthy weight. Now, I really struggle to have conversations around weight and fertility because I feel like it's such a hot button topic. But At the end of the day, I can't deny what the evidence and research has to say. And it's that those who have a higher body mass index, not my favorite measure, I know, but when we're talking about research, that's what we've got to work with, that women with high or low body mass indexes are at increased risk of miscarriages. And we think that's because there's more disorganized DNA or genetic material within the egg. So, Small changes in BMI aren't a really big deal, according to the research. But if we've got really large changes in your weight, this could be a risk factor. So we want to minimize these risk factors and try and control the things that we can control without, of course, hurting our mental health. And that's really key here is it's not productive for your mental health. Um, Even if it's productive for your physical body, we really got to weigh up the pros and cons here. Now, the third one is an antioxidant-rich diet. Now, antioxidants help fight free radical damage, which cause damage to all sorts of cells. Now, remember that the egg cell in particular is the largest cell that we have, but also sperm cells too. We need to not forget the men in the miscarriage um, equation as well. And antioxidants help to fight this uh, damage in the cells and in the body as well. Antioxidants are found in a range of fruits, vegetables, herbs, and spices, and they help protect our cells from this DNA damage. So what we want to aim for here is an abundance of colorful fruits and vegetables across the week. We want to think red, orange, yellow, blues, purples, green, and white, and also use herbs and spices, both dried and fresh, in abundance when we're preparing our food to help boost the antioxidant content of our diet. The next key nutrient is folic acid or folate. Now, this is critical for making genetic material and is probably one of the most well-known prenatal nutrients. And this is essentially what helps make our chromosomes when we're growing a baby. So we're not just going to rely on our prenatal supplement to get all our folate needs. We also need to be looking at our diet, making sure we have enough green leafy vegetables, legumes and beans like lentils and folate rich fruit like oranges and strawberries, um, as well as avocado. We know that folic acid is protective against neural tube defects like spina bifida. So we want to 
avoid any folic acid or folate deficiency that could contribute to an increased risk of miscarriage due to a neural tube defect. You can also uh, get yourself tested if you've had recurrent miscarriages for the MTHFR mutation or the long name is too long, methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase. I think that's a pretty good attempt, (laughs) Um, which can contribute to an increased risk of miscarriage due to the inability of the body to convert the synthetic folic acid found in most prenatal supplements and in Australian and New Zealand bread flour and being unable to activate it and therefore do its job in the body and for your fetus as well. So that might be worth chatting to your healthcare professional about if that's relevant to you. I do have a blog post on MTHFR, which I will link in the show notes for you. The next key nutrient is niacin or vitamin B3. There's been some studies that have shown that a low vitamin B3 status increased the risk of birth defects and miscarriage. And this was a massive landmark study that came out of Australia back in 2017. However, they did look at the results again and they did say that this nutrient would not be as critical as folic acid to prevent miscarriage. However, it's not a bad idea to review your intake of B3 when it comes to your diet and also your supplementation. Most prenatal supplements jumped on the bandwagon when this research came out and started adding vitamin B3 to their supplements, but you can get more than enough in your diet. It's really easy. They come from all your protein foods like chicken, tuna, beef, sardines, pork, and eggs. However, if you're not eating many animal foods, it might be one to consider. The next key nutrient that I like to focus on is choline. Choline is not a vitamin or mineral, but it is emerging as an essential nutrient for supporting your baby's brain development and also supporting the establishment of the placenta during pregnancy. Unfortunately, not many prenatal vitamins contain choline, so you'll need to be getting it from your food. Two eggs will give you 50% of your choline needs, and you can also get some from fish, meat and seafood, Brussels sprouts, wheat germ, potato, peanut butter, broccoli and soy products. Choline has been shown to be just as important potentially for neural tube defects as folic acid. There was a study done in women that had sufficient folate in their diet and from supplementation, but didn't have sufficient choline and they did show an increased risk of neural tube defects in this group. And because it's not in our supplements, this is really where the role of education in diet in this preconception phase is so, so critical. The next thing I always screen for is undiagnosed medical conditions. Now, I've already referred to one, which is the MTHFR genetic mutation, which we estimate about 20% of the population could potentially carry. Now, that's one medical condition to rule out. The other big one that has a nutritional implication, because that's what I focus on, is celiac disease being undiagnosed. So if you have undiagnosed celiac disease, which is an autoimmune condition where the body is reacting to gluten and causing damage to the small intestine, reducing our ability to absorb essential nutrients like iron and B12, it may contribute to unexplained quote-unquote infertility in both men and women and can also explain unexplained miscarriages. 
So you want to be getting screened for celiac disease from your GP or fertility specialist and ensure you are eating enough gluten when you are testing to make sure it is accurate. And that is absolutely critical. So many women that I see are going gluten-free for fertility and then saying that they've been screened for celiac disease and it was negative. However, if there's not enough gluten in the diet, those blood tests won't necessarily be accurate. And a genetic test, unfortunately, isn't going to tell you whether you have it or not. It will only tell you your susceptibility. And with one in 70 Australians having celiac disease, this is not something that you want to miss, not just for your fertility, but also for your general health and well-being as well. Now, of course, I like to always focus on what foods and nutrients to be getting more of in the diet and have a really great abundance mindset. But there are a few foods that we do need to consider pulling back on a little bit when it comes to miscarriage prevention. Now, the first one is caffeine. Now, before everybody flips it and yells at me through <laughs> through their phone that they're not willing to give up their daily coffee or latte, I am with you, um, but it's not about going zero. <laughs> we are talking about reducing if you're at four or more cups of coffee per day, and that has been linked to an increased risk for miscarriage. My recommendation is limit to one, max two espresso coffees per day, and same with black tea, no more than four cups of black tea per day or other caffeinated teas. You also have to think about foods like chocolate um, will also contain some caffeine as well. So we want to be minimizing because we know that at this level, at the one to two coffees per day, it has not been associated with an increased risk of miscarriage. The next one is alcohol. Now, of course, we know that there's no safe limit for alcohol during pregnancy, but it is best to keep alcohol to an absolute minimum when trying to conceive. That doesn't mean none at all, but it just means minimal. Scientific research suggests that women drinking two to three and a half alcoholic drinks per week can increase the risk of miscarriage in the first trimester. So, it's actually not a lot of alcohol at all that's been associated with an increased risk of miscarriage. So we really want to be keeping below that two alcoholic drinks per week uh, quota. Um, most women that I see are drinking maybe once or twice a month on average at social occasions. But I do always reinforce if you want to be pregnant, you've got to eat like you're pregnant. So you're going to be giving it up for the next nine months plus whatever you do during breastfeeding if you choose to. So that's definitely one to think about. Foods to avoid number three, processed meats, raw meat and seafood, and to a degree, soft cheeses. Now, you often don't know that you are pregnant until you miss a period if you're trying to conceive unassisted. Of course, if you're going through IVF, you pretty much know <laughs> the exact date that you're going to find out that you may be pregnant. So during those early days of your baby's life where those cells are dividing, you do want to still consider reducing the intake of your foods that may risk bacterial infection. So we don't want to go full ham on the pregnancy diet just before you conceive, but if you think you may be pregnant, it may be best to steer clear of our raw seafood meat and undercooked eggs. You can still have all these foods, just make sure they're cooked through. Soft serve ice creams, 
processed or cold meats such as ham or salami, and unpasteurized dairy products and fruit juices, including soft cheeses. The next category of foods to consider your intake of is foods high in mercury or lead. Now, these are our heavy metals, and we know that they are toxic to many parts of the body, but include our very delicate reproductive system. These heavy metals can cross the placental barrier, which establishes within the first eight weeks of pregnancy. High levels of mercury and lead have both been associated with miscarriage. Depending on where you live will depend on which fish species may be rich in mercury. But basically, the larger the fish, the more risk of higher mercury. And that's simply because of this effect called bioaccumulation, which is big fish eat lots and lots of little fish. Now, little fish don't have as much concentration of mercury, but when they're eaten, they're not the mercury doesn't leave this big fish's body. So it accumulates in its body. And of course, when we eat it, we also consume that. So our very large fish like marlin and swordfish, broadbill, orange ruffy, and shark is what really we want to be avoiding. Make sure you check if you're going out to eat what the fish of the day is before you order. Other fish like salmon, mackerel, trout, sardines, anchovies, and other small fish are perfectly fine and in fact very nutritious and a good choice when it comes to fertility and pregnancy. Uh, The other things to consider when it comes to lead is more environmental, which of course doesn't really fall into my category as a dietitian, but always worth mentioning is, you know, paint in old homes can contain lead or old children's toys, some cosmetics and some jewelry can also contain lead. So we want to be minimizing our exposure there. So I just wanted to round out this episode with a message that luckily most women do get pregnant and successfully bring a baby into the world happy and healthy, even after experiencing one or more miscarriages and losses. As heartbreaking as this road is, there generally is hope. But if you're really feeling down lost or broken about your miscarriage or pregnancy loss, please, please get some help. Uh, There are amazing prenatal and perinatal psychologists out there that can help you, especially if you do get pregnant and you are living in a constant state of anxiety and fear and you're worried about your pregnancy and the health of your baby and it's really crippling you, please seek help. I have left some links in the show notes to the Pink Elephant Support Network for some excellent resources to help you through if you are going through this at the moment. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, if you'd like to download my preconception lifestyle checklist for him and for her, I will leave the link in the show notes for you to download. It incorporates many of these Uh, nutrients and foods to include and avoid uh, for miscarriage prevention. So it's kind of a all-encompassing little checklist for you. And I would love it if you could leave me a review and a rating. It really helps me. And don't forget to share the podcast on your socials. And I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Bye.